Welcome to Women of Substance today. Uh, my name is Dr. Scarlett Horton, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in, and I know that you're going to really be blessed today. I was praying about a week ago about the podcast, and uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to add some new things in this year, and one of them is for me to teach a little bit. Um, I'm still going to have the interviews, and we've just have some tremendous women this year that we're going to interview. So I know that those ladies will be a blessing to you. But also, I think it's so important to share the word of God from time to time. And so the Spirit of God had me just put together a little lesson for today. And it's not going to be long, but I believe it'll be powerful and I think it'll help you. And um, so the name of this teaching is How to Be a Woman of Substance. And of course, we have to look into the word if we're going to be a true woman of substance. So I'd like to start with Luke chapter eight. And um, I'm going to read a couple of verses here in Luke chapter eight, verse one. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village. Of course, that's talking about Jesus preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. And so here we have a list of some powerful women, women who had been helped by Jesus. Of course, we see Mary was even delivered. Um, uh, uh, the Bible says seven devils came out of her. I always ask the Holy Spirit. Now, why did you put that in there? You, just, you know, I don't know if I'd want my name in there. It says Scarlet, of whom went out, went seven devils out of her. <laughs> it's just very interesting that that's recorded. And um, I had the Holy Spirit tell me that he was trying to encourage women that no matter what you've been through, no matter how the devil has tried to impact your life or really even keep you captive, um, you can be delivered and you can be so powerfully used of God after your deliverance. You know, in, in our lives, we have to know there is an after when things happen, you know, that uh, it's not the end. I've had the uh, devil tell me when things have happened to me over the years. Well, you're through now. You know, you're it's over. Whatever uh, shrill of uh, anointing or power or teaching ability or whatever that you think you had, it's gone now because of your situation or circumstance or what you've been through or, you know, uh, what's happened. And it's simply not true. Thank God. We do know the word says God never changes. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And then, of course, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So we know that God wants us to go forward. And, of course, the devil tries to hinder us. He hindered Mary here, evidently. But Mary got her deliverance. And she was one of the women here that is in this list of supporters of the Lord Jesus Christ and his um, 12 apostles. And we see in the Amplified, I think this is really interesting, too. It says that um, these women ministered to and provided for him. Out of their property 
and personal belongings. One translation said they contributed continually to the Lord's work there. And so they were giving out of their substance. These were women of substance. And uh, it's interesting that the Bible never really talks about men supporting Jesus's work uh, financially, but here the women are. And I think that's something that we should take to heart as women of God is that we can do the same thing they did. We can be those who contribute financially uh, to the work of God. And I don't know why people don't think that's important. It's extremely important. Of course, it takes money to preach the gospel. It takes money to send those uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers into the fields of labor. And uh, it, it's not without a high cost, actually. But praise God, we can be those who contribute. And I want to be one of those who contribute. I have been through the years, and I'm going to do more and more toward God's kingdom because I believe I'm one of these women, these certain women, praise the Lord. Um, and so these are women of substance. Now, of course, substance doesn't always just mean prosperity. In Proverbs 31, the Bible talks about the virtuous woman. And if you look up that word, it means women, a woman of substance. It means a woman of prosperity, of wealth, a woman that's rich. Um, it means, uh, uh, you know, not just spiritual, but material. And you can see that the Proverbs 31 woman, if you read it carefully, you can see that she was very successful and had evidently had finances because she was, you know, dressed her whole family in purple. That was a sign of wealth then. And then also she gave to the poor. Now it's tough to give to the poor if you're poor. Um, nothing wrong with being poor, but thank God there's a way out of that. There's a way out of poverty and God has made covenant and made covenant promises so that we don't have to live poverty stricken. You know, that word stricken, um, is so true because, uh, if you look at statistics with people in poverty, it's very sad what all their life, uh, uh, can, can become, not just because they don't have money to pay, uh, their electric bill, but because of the, you know, the unhealthy foods or, uh, you know, not being able to get proper care health wise or even mental health. And, and it just goes from there, et cetera, et cetera. It's never been God's plan for people to walk in poverty and lack. And um, so, and this is something, this is probably a thread that you'll receive through throughout my ministry because God has certainly uh, had me highlight prosperity and abundance in my teachings for years. And um, I'm not ashamed of it. I think that it's godly. It's being like God. God is very, very rich. He's the God of abundance. He's El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. And anyone that has um, a heaven full of mansions, Jesus said there were mansions, um, and gold streets, etc., is not poor and not poverty stricken. So our heavenly father has abundance and he wouldn't be the good, good father that he is if he didn't teach us to prosper and teach us his ways. And he does through his word. Amen. So we see here, these women of substance uh, were very uh, important contributors to the gospel being preached. And I want to emphasize that it, uh, you know, I'm sure they enjoyed um, their 
prosperity and, and what God had done for them personally. I think that's wonderful. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. But also, we need to remember our number one responsibility is to spread the gospel. All of us, that's our number one responsibility. And when we do that, he's not taking money away from us. He's actually going to multiply what we give and and put it back into our hands so that we can continue to increase our giving. That's our God. Now, so we see these women of substance. And then I want you to look over into Hebrews chapter 11. You know this scripture probably. It's uh, especially if you're in faith, our faith world. <laughs> You've probably heard this a dozen times. But the Bible says, uh, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we see the word substance again there. And we know that that means that it is the title deed, praise God, of things hoped for. And I thank God that we can, even if we feel like maybe today in your bank account, there might even be a negative balance or there might be more bills than there are um, ways to pay your bills right now. But, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so we can call those things that be not as though they were. And we can call money into our lives. We can command it to come and command the angels to bring in the finances. And he will uh, certainly help you with that. He will give you wisdom. The Bible says when you ask for wisdom, then you receive it liberally. And in the right hand of wisdom is long life in the left hand of wisdom. Proverbs says there's riches and there's honor. So uh, when we ask for wisdom, we can receive uh, help in um, in our provision and what God has for us to do and wants us to do uh, in our lives and for him as well. So we see that uh, faith is the substance. And then, and of course, I mentioned Proverbs 31 the, that woman is a woman of substance, and you can see in her life, she was an entrepreneur. She was uh, into merchandising. She was into advertising. Um, she uh, uh, was, you know, very um, used in her community, but then also very, very uh, instrumental and uh, monumental, really, in her family. I mean, the Bible says her husband, her children, that they rise up and call her blessed. And so they saw the blessing of God on her life. And um, I think that that's such an outstanding chapter in the Bible. Of course, I wrote a book, God Loves Women, and it's all about Proverbs 31 and, and just the new concepts that God showed me about that chapter. So uh, in in seeing these different scripture, the Lord started ministering to me about this podcast, Women of Substance, and to have women on that were operating in the power of God and the strength of God in their lives, in their businesses, in their ministries, in their families. And you've certainly seen uh, those. If you've watched the podcast, I think we've done about 19 so far and uh, just so many delightful women and uh, of course, there's so many more, too, that I want to um, interview this year. But um, it doesn't have to be that these women uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament were the only ones ever used of God. He wants to use you right now in 2022. He wants his mighty hand upon you 
for blessing. He wants it upon you for strength, for divine and creative ideas and the call of God to come forth and for you to walk in your destiny. We don't have to leave things just to fate. I believe we choose our destiny by choosing life and choosing God. And he has a plan for every one, every one of you. It's not like, well, he's chosen Joyce Meyer and he's chosen, uh, you know, Kathy Duplantis and he's chosen you too. Every one of you. And, um, I think that it's so wonderful and so unique how God gives each one of us callings and abilities and equipment to do what he's called us to do. It's, it's that grace that he has for us. So determine this year, you're going to find out what that is. You probably already know, but uh, once you know, then take those steps, even if they're small steps to fulfill, find and fulfill the will of God for your life. There's nothing else like it. It's wonderful to have purpose and to know your purpose. It uh, gives your whole uh, life here in human existence uh, just such joy when you find the purpose that God has for you. Now, I want to talk about just for a few minutes, a woman in the Old Testament named Sarah. And we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 12 and give you just a, a minute of background. Of course, she was married to Abram and her, her name at that time was Sarai. And so in Genesis 12, 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Uh, and, you know, that had to be a little bit unsettling that you're going to leave your country. God's telling you, leave your country, leave your family, you know, leave the relatives and you're going to move somewhere. I'm going to tell you where it is. So it wasn't even Abram's idea. Uh, you know, I'd like to move to Florida one day and retire. I mean, he had nothing to do with this. This was God's idea. But um, the Lord promised him some things here. Uh, verse two, it says, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. Now, the word bless means to empower, empower. I will empower you to prosper and to succeed. So he said, I will bless thee and I will make thy name great. In other words, you're going to have uh, blessings and enrichment, empowerment, and you're going to have a great name. You're going to be an influencer. And thou shalt be a blessing. So not only are you blessed, but you're going to empower others. You're going to be an influence and a power to other people. And I think that we really need to take that at heart, that that's important for our lives in God's kingdom. His blessing is upon us to make our name great. And his blessing is upon us to make us a blessing. And so that might be some things this year that we can put on our confession board or our a vision board to see ourselves blessed as women, to see our, our name great. And to, and, and, you know, it might not be on, uh, the New York Times front page. I'm not talking about the greatness in the world, but I'm talking about greatness in the kingdom of God. And uh, the greatness in the kingdom of God is doing his will and accomplishing what he's told us to do. And so, uh, that then, of course, being a blessing. And that could become one of our prayers. Lord, make me a blessing. I remember years ago listening to Kenneth Hagin and the mayor of Tulsa had come to the camp meeting to give him 
the uh, certificate and maybe the keys to the city. I can't remember exactly what kind of honor, but he was honoring uh, Brother Kenneth Hagen. And um, when he finished giving him the the award, um, Brother Hagen said, well, you know what we uh, always have done is to endeavor to be a blessing to humankind. And I thought, that's so nice is we endeavor to be a blessing. And uh, I've uh, through throughout my life since then really asked the Lord, not just bless me, Lord, but help me be a blessing, Father. Help me be a, a daily blessing to someone every day. And um, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. I think we get more blessing out of out of being kind and and uh, reaching out, praying for people, helping people than we do uh, being wrapped up in self so much. So there we go. It says, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse three, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curses thee. And in thee, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now that had to be impactful to hear God say, that in thee, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I'm sure Abram was saying, how in the world can this happen? I'm 75 years old. How in the world could I be a blessing on all the families of the earth? And so we see, you know, later on through uh, the many pages that we read, and even uh, until Abram was 99, uh, that God kept dealing with him about these things and showing him um, and encouraging his faith and even to the point where he said, look up to the sky and that's how your seed shall be. Um, the number of stars, look at the sand, count the, the, the granules of sand. That's how your seed shall be. And of course, we know that at that point in time, he and Sarah, neither one could have children. So uh, there had to be some miracle working power in um in this story and thank God when there's God's word, there is power and God had definitely spoken his word to Abram there. And then we look uh, years later, let's see, he's about 86 now. And in Genesis 17, God speaks to Sarai. And I want you to see this because again, we're talking about women of substance. Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her. I will empower her, in other words. And I will give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. He says that twice. And she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her and uh wonderful this is how god uh ministers so many times to us it's very personal it's very personalized you know i was getting some birthday ideas together for my little granddaughters and one of the things you could do is order a little book a children's book and it it would have their name on it and throughout the book it's personalized and uh, i thought about that how God just personalizes things for us from his word. And uh, Paul, he took this very seriously. You know, he 
he would say, my God, um, in a, you know, the scripture that we love to quote, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul took God very personal. He didn't just say, God will meet all your needs. He said, my God. And, um, I think that the exchange here between Sarah is so important to show her I am personalizing this covenant to you, not just your husband. Then you see Abraham and Sarah, both their names, both were changed by God. And of course, you know, the name of God, Yahweh, uh, which that A-H is right in the middle of that name, Yahweh. And he added that A-H to Abraham and to Sarah. He put his name in their name. And I love that about him. He was making a personal covenant with them and that would help them, bless them. And then also, of course, make them the mother of many nations and the father of many nations. And all these uh, families of the earth will be blessed. Kings shall be out of her. Um, Again, talking to women, and that's most of you today. I know there are some men that watch this podcast, but most are women. I want to encourage you that God cares about you in your marriage. You know, sometimes I think when we get married, we lose kind of lose our identity. Uh, you know, our names change to our husband's name. And uh, I know even some young girls that I've talked to through the years, they thought, you know, I've just, uh, you know, my, my whole life's about him. Everything's about him. And they kind of lose their sense of uh, identity for a while. And um uh, see here where God doesn't want you to lose that. He doesn't want you to lose your identity. He wants you to know that you, even though you're married and you're one with your husband, you are still in covenant with God. And God didn't just say, okay, I'm going to change Abram's name and you just kind of go along with him and y'all, you know, do the best you, you just do the best you can with what anointing and covenant blessings on his life. No, he told Sarah, God said unto Abraham, for your wife, I'm going to do some things with her, too. I'm going to change her name. I'm going to insert my name into her name. I'm going to bless her and give her a son also. So it wasn't just so that she could have a baby. The blessing is way beyond uh, just having that child, even though that was an important part. Yes, but the blessing of the Lord, the Bible says it maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. So the blessing of the Lord makes our lives rich in every area. And that uh, includes financial blessing. It includes um, provision for us. And I thank God for that. And so then we see over in Galatians chapter four, I love this because God uses uh, this powerful woman named Sarah even in the New Testament, to make some comparisons and to exhort, I believe, to exhort us. And I'm going to go over just a couple more things here, and then we'll we'll pick up here next time we teach a little bit. But Galatians chapter 4, I want you to see this. Um, <clears throat> let's start uh, Galatians 4.22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondmaid and the other by the free woman. Of course, we know if you know the story of Hagar, you and uh, Sarah, you understand this and we won't go into all that. And I'll give you a little homework. You can read that if you've never read it before about Hagar and um, 
and Sarah, but we do know that Hagar was the bondmaid and Sarah was the free woman. Now, the good news is that we, being daughters of Sarah, First Peter chapter 3 says, we are the free women. Free, praise God. No longer in bondage, but we are free. And so we can take that into our our uh, lives and know that that's a fact from God, that we have been made free. And the Bible says in verse 23, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory. Now, an allegory is a symbol or a parable. Uh, a parallel, uh, an analogy or correlation. So he's showing us a correlation here between these two women and the old covenant and the new covenant. And I think it's just extraordinary that he used women here as an example. Praise the Lord. You know, God loves women. He doesn't hate women. He loves women. And uh, you can see that through throughout the word and uh, especially in uh, the way Jesus was so kind to women, women who were even out of covenant at that time. Um, but you see that uh, this is an allegory for these. This is verse 24. These are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, uh, which is Agar. And, and for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Now, he's writing to Christians. He's writing to the church. And that's us. Hallelujah. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Hallelujah. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that's born after the spirit, even so it is now. And we know these blessings don't come without persecution. Um, you know, we see that in the scripture as well. But praise God, we can overcome uh, the world and the persecution in the world. Look at verse 30. And what does the scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son, for never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. We have an inheritance. Hallelujah. And God has shown us through this allegory and through uh, the uh, praise God, uh, Galatians chapter 313. And I love, you know, what it says that we've been redeemed from the curse, uh, that Jesus was made a curse for us. The Bible says, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So when we're in Christ Jesus, we are the children of promise and uh, those same promises that were toward Abraham and Sarah are toward us now because we're grafted in and says that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith and thank God we can thank God we are. But this last verse in verse 31 says, so then brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. We are children 
of the free. And it is good to be free. Uh, don't let yourself get entangled again with yoke of bondage. Um, don't get your, let yourself get entangled with, uh, rules and regulations and dead works and all the things that the devil wants to entangle our lives with. Remember the spirit of God, the word of God is about liberty and freedom and we can walk in freedom and liberty because God has written his law on our hearts and in our minds. And I thank God for his spirit who guides us. And we don't have to be afraid of making mistakes. We don't have to be afraid of taking risk and, and obeying the Lord because he's right there with us. The Bible says he holds us by our right hand and he uh, ever liveth to make intercession for us. God is for us and not against us. So we see here in um, in this scripture that we are children of the free woman. Um, and then I just want to uh, kind of wrap this up with first Peter chapter three. And uh, this reminds us again a little bit about Sarah and uh, the woman of substance that she was. First um, Peter three, verse six, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are. As long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement, the Amplified says, and now are are you and you are now her true daughter. You are her true daughter. So we can identify with this greatness, this mother of many nations. We can identify with the blessing of God on her life and the uh, the power of God on her life and the covenant that she has with God. You know, covenant really, if you look at it, it means exchange. It's something that you exchange uh, each other. And uh, And if you think about it like that, Everything that we have is God's, but the good news is everything God has is ours. And that's a covenant relationship. Everything that I have belongs to God. Now, that's really important for me to remember because we can get really tight fisted with things. So this is mine. This is mine, mine, mine. And You know, really, when we die and go to heaven, we don't take anything with us. That just proves it's not really ours. We're stewards were managers over what God's put into our hands, but we don't own anything, nothing. And we have to remember that everything God has given us belongs to him when we're in covenant with him. It makes it a lot easier to give things away when God asks you to, uh, than, than to try to hold on and say, now, God, this is mine. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you know, it's a lot easier to give away other people's stuff. And when you when you remember this, this is all God's stuff and he asked you to do something. You know, there's been times in my life where God said, give this piece of jewelry away or give this watch away, given a house away before I've given cars away before. And, you know, when when he when he first talks to me about it, that little thing goes in my mind. Wait, this is mine. And then I'm reminded that nothing I have belongs to me. It's all God's. And everything that God has belongs to me. And that's a really powerful deal that we have with him because, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the Bible says all the silver and all the gold is his. So really we get the best end of the deal and he kind of gets the raw end of the deal. (laughs) Whatever we have is his. Well, he can just have it all. Amen. I mean, 
I, I think we should be very generous and liberal in our giving and what God asks us to do with what he's put into our hands. But anyway, here, first Peter chapter three, we see that we are true daughters of Sarah. That's who we need to be identified. One, one person that we need to be identifying with is Sarah. And there's many more in the word too, that we need to identify with. Um, I think sometimes it would behoove us to, uh, really study these women in the word and maybe give a little more attention to them rather than the housewives of whatever city that's being highlighted on television or uh, this movie star, rock singer, or this politician, or, you know, I'm sure there can be wonderful mentors out there. But these women that we see in the word, I think that it's so important to know um, how God used them and the the ministry gifts they were and how they just absolutely did impossible things through the power of the spirit. Um, one more verse, and then we're going to close today. Let's see. Likewise, husbands dwell with them according to launch, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And that just says to me, God cares so much about women, so much about you and about me that he is puts out kind of a warning there to husbands. He says, you know, you better treat these women right. Dwell according to knowledge. And that's the knowledge of God. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor to them. Or I'm not really going to answer too many prayers here. I mean, that's really interesting that God's going to turn a deaf ear that your prayers may be hindered if you're not treating your wife right. So that's something that he cares that dearly about women. And he does. He cares about you today. So before we go again, I want you to be encouraged that because Christ is in you, you are already a woman of substance. He's in there. And he's powerful and he's mighty and he's strengthening your spirit every day. And so you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let me pray for you before we go. Father, I just thank you for each one listening. I thank you, Father, that uh, today you will encourage them and, and minister to them in that unique way that you do, Lord. Help them and give them wisdom and and uh, direction. And if there's uh, women today that are suffering in, in uh, just their thought life with anxiety or depression, um, maybe they don't feel like they have a purpose. Speak to them today, Lord. Help them know how important and how significant their lives are and that you do have a purpose for them. Help them, Lord, to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. I thank you, Lord, today that if there's financial need, that you're so willing and able to meet their needs financially. And so I pray for them. And I thank you, Lord, for wisdom. I thank you, Lord, for guidance. I thank you, Lord, for divine favor in their lives, that if they owe money, um, that the money will come in, that the debt will be paid quickly in Jesus name. 
that some debts will even be canceled in Jesus name and that you have a way, Father. Uh, when we when we think there's no way. We thank you, Lord, for physical healing today in the name of Jesus and for women who maybe have longed for a child and not able to conceive. We pray today that their womb would conceive just like Sarah did and um, that they would bring forth a child. We thank you for it, Lord, and we praise you, Father. And and I thank you, Lord, that um, that marriages will improve, that husbands and wives will come together and be united and be blessed together, heirs together of the grace of, of God and the grace of life. I thank you, Lord, and you're so wonderful. We're so grateful for this year ahead of us, 2022. And I pray for everyone listening that this will be the best year ever in their lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank God that we uh, learned a little bit from the word today. Hope you were encouraged and built up. And uh, next time on Women of Substance, we might have another teaching. We might have an interview. Who knows? But I know that you're going to be blessed by it. So keep listening. Tell someone else about the podcast. Let them know um, what we're doing here so that they can also be blessed and help. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We passed our local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.